Are bold and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. <laughs> I have a feeling you sang this to me two years ago when I yes, I did when I got to Texas. But it's good that you're consistent. That's really <laughs> it's the only Texas song I know. <laughs> I think there's a lot of them. The show you're about to hear is for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. That means you don't have to listen to it. But if you're curious. Here we go. One, two, three, four. Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? The Birdie Podcast. Scared that your desires might be strange? The Birdie Podcast. Come and join our kinky world of play. The Birdie Podcast. Yeah, we're Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, the human mind, and Texas. Uh, recording live boogie in Texas, Kathy in California. I don't, we are so worldly. We're all over the place. Yeah. We are, we are global. Don't even, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into how global you and I are. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I, I'm in Texas again. I did one of those, time to go. <laughs> <laughs> can't live in a car anymore. The huh? temperature just kind of decides it for you. It kind of does. And and I was I was leaning there and I talked on our patron page uh, to our patron supporters about going. I think I might have mentioned it on the main show here that I was going to probably go back. But but uh, my friend Leah, still my friend with uh, I've been like all nurse stuff now in the last few days. Wow. Like, I'm like doing shit, Kathy, like crazy like medically shit because uh, as for those of you that have been around for a while my friend leah in texas uh you know she has these health problems she's got a line running in her chest and so i come out to kind of help out you know with her and and uh and the kid of mania i now have uh, an 11 year old shadow uh in my <laughs> world <laughs> that uh, that's like oh, you're my man. only friend and we we uh we painted rocks today uh that was that was an exceptionally interesting time but uh because she has these health problems that can actually be life-threatening and very severe um i need to know what to do in case of emergencies you know cuz if if she passes out that she needs steroids like bam otherwise you can not wake up and so of course i don't want to kill my friend or be a part of her dying so it's kind of a fear but i got to learn how to inject all these things into her line and not kill her but actually help her right so i'm like there's you know you can intellectualize this shit and be like okay well i'm gonna put the steroid in here and this and i've watched her a thousand times do it but i'm like no bro you know i gotta get hands on she says hell yeah i had to train you know she had to train her kid to do it and uh and she's all, all right so the last three days picture count boogie uh-oh with like gloved up and I've done needle play and tapped veins and done blood play and things like that. This is like the next level because you, this is, I am fucking with a line that is going directly into somebody's heart. And I'm just going to be honest. It scares the shit out of me. Right. 
because you know I hope oh, there's an air bubble. Just how does that? Oh, well, you, wait. Hello, Leah. Hello. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but I push past the fear, and she just sits and laughs at me the whole time. So it makes it kind of funny. And then she was also trained as a surgical assistant. She has a degree. And so she knows everything sterile. Right. So, yeah. So I've been doing that the past two days and uh, and I am getting better at it and I'm less nervous. Like the first time I'm literally like my stomach just went turned into knots and I'm like, we got to get through this pretty quick, kiddo, because uh, because I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to fade here. <laughs> I'm starting to fade here. Uh, but no, and it's good. And And the reason I talk about that is it's funny and vulnerable or whatever. But there's a lot of people that have you know, family members and friends and things that have some serious medical issues and there's first responder stuff you need to know because you can say, Oh, you you can push in your mind. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen. But then all of a sudden, bam, it happens. And we used to do classes with, uh, with Jay Wiseman, who was an, you know, emergency guy. And he taught a lot of classes. It was big in the community for years and years. And he says, you know, how many people literally just drop dead in front of their family and the family has no idea what to do. So they call nine one one, but in that, you know, five, 10, 20, 30 minutes, it takes for the responders to get there. That person's dead on the floor. So if, if you can't push past that fear of doing things wrong to learn those things, how are you going to know in the moment? You're just going to be like, call 911, put a towel on them or something. Right. And and there are things to do and and you need to push past that fear and take that first aid class and run through those procedures. And Lee and I have uh, very, very serious talks about why she would pass out. What are the things that can happen? Could it be her dropping sugars? Could it be her adrenal failure? You know, and now I feel you know, I'm still scared of her passing out, but at least I'm not going to be. Duh. Right. So I think it's, it's good. If I can push past my fear, you guys should too. If you have family members that have issues or even, you know, diabetes, any of those things, just know what do I do in case of an emergency and then practice some run throughs. Cool. That's quite a load though. You're carrying. Well, I mean, once again, you can carry, I'm here. If I ignore it, then I, you know, if if you care about someone put in, you know, try. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I get to hang out with with Leah and we get to cause all sorts of problems because I am back in radio out here and uh, (laughs) I'm back on the air and they're paying me. They, I, I held out. I'm not getting paid a lot, Kathy. By what? The way. Um, Wait just a second. You're burying what? the freaking lead here, Boogie. What? You got a job, a paying job. I think that somewhere in the background, <laughs> I can hear the hordes of Patreon supporters cheering, getting up on their feet, yelling, and just very, very happy for you. Or just shock. Or just they're like, he'll fuck it up soon. Don't worry. Um, Or is that just the voices in my head? (laughs) That's your head. (laughs) That's probably my head. But yeah, and I'm getting paid to do radio. And I'm in an air-conditioned room where all my equipment is set up. I don't have to go into the library and fight with crazy other homeless people. So I can do stuff. I did, you know. And that leads to um, what you and I can now 
do. And uh, we -hmm. get to step up our game Mm -hmm. and stepped our game up to uh, Perth, Australia. Oh, my. Western Australia. Call that stepping up our game. Oh, I think so. I think once we drop this on our listeners, (laughs) our friends, longtime perverted podcast patron supporters, Samos and Little Villain, they move to a different part of Perth, Australia, and they're like, well, fuck it. We're going to have some parties. We're going to have some kinky parties. There's a pretty cool community out there, and it's fucking Australia, so you know it's got to be fun. So they said, hey, we need a jingle for our party. They started a profile on FetLife, Kingster's Paradise. Uh, no <laughs> E on Paradise. So it's just Kingster's Paradise. So there's no E. Um, and you can join that group and then check out their parties. And they're like, hey, we need a jingle. And there's no one better to do that jingle than Boogie and Kathy. As I walk through the shadow of the valley of sex, I take a look at my life and it's the fucking best. Cause I've been playing and fucking so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. I'm the kind of dumb fuckboys wanna be like negotiating with girls under the dungeon's red light. I ain't never spanked a girl that didn't consent. We can be naughty as fuck and still give respect. Been spending most our lives time in the Kingsters paradise. Been spending most our lives spanking in the Kingsters paradise. Been spending most our lives swinging in the Kingsters paradise. Been spending most our lives living in the Kingsters paradise. Word to my Kingsters. That's right, get your king home, baby. Yeah. Bam! Word. That's the thing. Now we are uh, pretty much celebrities in all of Australia. Yeah, I think you're stretching the truth. You can think whatever you want about the magic, <laughs> but the people that paid us to do it really, really liked it. Let me tell you, I would love to attend those parties because they they sound like they're going to be fucking awesome. Well, Kathy, we're just a 27-hour plane ride away. <laughs> From uh, attending those parties. But uh, no, it was a lot of fun, Kathy. And uh, you rocked it. I rocked it. And uh, people are going to walk into that party and they're going to play that uh, as they enter. So, uh, <laughs> so. Oh, stop it. Does a pussy taste like eggplant? Random topic now. <laughs> 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 so, Kathy. My dear Kathy, Katharina, Catherine of Cantopia, uh-huh. I had a kind of, I don't know if it was a hair go up my ass or just something that I've been observing more because I'm reading more articles on FetLife and, and trying to learn, you know, what's the pace of the community, quote unquote, which just started my peeve anyway. And seeing over the last month, so many people say, I'm sick of the community. Fuck the community. I'm sick of this community. Blah, blah, blah. Community, 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 community. I then went on this rant that I am now going to read a piece of to you. Uh And then we can talk about it if that's okay. I am ready. Kathy, Mm -hmm. there is no actual kink community. Hmm. 
There is no LGBTQ plus extra letters community. There is no any community. Did you sign something? Do you pay dues? Do you have business meetings and elect community officials? What is the function of your governing body? Who wrote and established the constitution of your community? There is no actual community. Oh, sure, you have a lot of people that say they have authority to speak for that group of people, of like-minded people. But you, me, and Kathy have to be very careful to always remember that we have no more authority to influence the world than anybody else. All we have is a word, community. And it creates the impression of safety size and whatever you and your circle consider the right way to follow your specific philosophy. But there is no real community. Huh. Well, that's an intriguing concept, Boogie. So here's what I want to get into. My concept is, of course, having a group of like-minded people and, of course, trying to have an ethical group of like-minded people. Once again, what are those ethics? Who makes that standard? We have so many people that are completely judging this community or that community or saying they are the representatives of that community. And if you don't adhere to our morals and principles, you are no longer part of this community, but there's no fucking actual community. So we kind of are trapping ourselves by excluding ourselves from this group and excluding ourselves from that group and judging this and doing that when there's actually no community. So what, Kathy, is community? Well, you raise some interesting points, Boogie, because community is a very vague term. It's just a group of people. Right. I mean, that's basically the definition. It's a group of people. The word community, but unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on where, what you're looking at, can have varying connotations. And it's those connotations, I think, that that um, screw us up, that trip us up, because the term community gives us this warm and lovely feeling of uh, acceptance and camaraderie and shared goals. And that can happen. But if it happens, it happens, in my opinion, by accident. It happens because the right group of people got together and uh, they just happen to all agree for the most part and everything is wonderful. But unfortunately, it doesn't last because at some point another group is going to come in or someone, one other person will come in or the landscape will start to change or any number of things happen. And suddenly the community that you thought you could rely on falls apart and they're banning you and they're calling you names and everything turns horrible. It's a fucking apocalypse. And I think the problem is that from the very beginning, we had the wrong impression of what was happening around us. We had a false sense of security. Right. And I think a community is a, is a wonderful thing as long as you understand that it is a group of people and people are prone to being volatile, to being angry, to drawing lines in the sand, to uh, calling you out to ostracizing you if they feel that you no longer belong. And as a result, being in a community is a fucking rocky road. It's a, it's like a roller coaster ride where you never know what's going to happen. One right now, the, the 
one day the term community to you means wonderful things. And then suddenly the term community tomorrow can mean the exact opposite. So it, it's a tricky, it's a tricky word. It's a tricky concept. And it's something you need to be very aware of uh, when you start aligning yourself with them and expecting things from them. Because in my opinion, you're just setting yourself up for a fall. Kathy, that was absolutely eloquent and wonderful. Oh, I really, I really enjoyed how you put it. it, it you know, of course, I have 90 pages of notes uh, <laughs> on this and uh, I'm going to not read most of them. But uh. it, it is true. I think in general, this is my general opinion. And once again, we use the word community because you have to have a word for something that this is a group. And but I think, like you said, it's kind of a trap. Because the goal of life is to become better human beings for ourselves, with ourselves. It starts with me. My goal in life is to become a better, happier person of better service to, you know, and that's the goal I set for myself. So my community mentality has to start with me. What do I want out of life and how do I want to be as a person? And then I go out and I start seeking kind of a support group, the community, the like-minded people that also have a similar mission statement in life. Some people, it's not all about service in this. Sometimes it's just, you know, these are the people that I dance with. These are the people that I party with. These are the people that I, you know, put things up, you know, my Michelle's pussy with, you know, there's, (laughs) there's different groups of people that are like-minded, but that goal, that mission statement starts with yourself. And just like you talked about, At some point, even when you find people that you relate to, once you start creating an identity around that community, now you have to manage that. Because what happens is, like you said, someone comes in and you're like, I'm a part of this community. I'm a part of the kink community. Someone comes in and they're doing something that you don't like or think is ethical or the right way to do it. And they're also saying, I'm a part of this community. So now what happens? You're now thinking outside at socially. How are people looking at me? Because if this is a person that says they're a part of the kink community, and I say I'm part of a kink community, everyone from the outside is going to think I'm like them. Right. So now your entire job has left your mission statement and you are now thinking about how to defend your image in this imaginary community, which now means like, just like you said, it was eloquent. You, you get petty, drama, judgmental, self-righteousness. You align yourself with other people. It's like fucking survivor. Like you just start ganging up on people and then, you, you know, you have now distracted your entire mission statement to be a better person because you now have to defend how people look at you because this person has now entered your quote unquote community. Right. And I think if we can just say I'm a part of a group of people and some of those people are good and some of those people are shitty and not make my identity, the community, then I think that gives me the ability to stay in this large group of people and not have to accept the behaviors of everybody, but not have to leave all the other people that have positive benefits for me. Yeah. 
I think that the word you use that that you align yourself with them, that you identify with them, that's important because yes, the minute you do that to any group and that group then does things that you don't agree with, you're left with the choice, what do I do? Defend um, them even though I don't agree with what they're doing or do I uh, leave them and now I feel bereft because my community is gone? And I know it sounds cynical. I'm sorry if people hear that and think that because it's, I don't think it's cynicism. I think it's wisdom born out of years of seeing this ridiculous drama play out over and over again in different different areas of life. You have to be almost an island. You have to be very autonomous in your identity and not align so strongly and so completely with groups or people or friends because you lose part of yourself. Yes, when you when you identify and align yourself so much with with another group, you tend to to lose the the good part about you and the ability to make independent choices. And so, I think communities are great, but I think that we should be a bunch of islands within that community. I like that. <laughs> I am a rock on Kathy's island. <laughs> And a rock feels no pain. <laughs> now, now that's and so Kathy cool. <laughs> never cries. Sorry that's for all so... the younger people. That is an exceptional Simon and Garfunkel song. Um, but it is kind of true that's that you true. can be an island among uh, other islands. So you can still be about you know your island, your mission statement. Because now I want to shift into like just to break down. Once again, I think being a part of a group of like-minded people is a great thing because of the good things. There's some good things and there's some not good things. So let's talk about some of the good things. And I think we touched a little bit on it. There's a sense of belonging to people that get us. Because when you, especially in kink um, and especially like the LGBT community, you know, obviously you feel kind of separated and you're alone and you're the only person. So being a part of a group of people, large group of people that have your same POV or orientation or whatever, that's a sense of belonging. That's wonderful. A sense of protection against outside groups or individuals that persecute our lifestyle. In the kink community, we have a lot of people that judge us. People lose their jobs. We're kicked out of families. There's all sorts of hate and drama at us. We're sinners. We're, you know, all of these things. So it's great to feel that you are a part of a large group of people that can help protect you against that kind of onslaught of abuse. The other thing that I love about a, a community is multiple opinions of how things can or should be done. More opinions gives me more ability to think for myself. I get to, you know, if I'm not in a, a, a group of people, then I only have my point of view and my potential observations of life to help me change. The other thing that's great in a community, accountability in theory for those who choose to selfishly harm others and accountability in theory for those who ignorantly harm others, because we've talked about that a lot on the show. You know, there's people who are just selfish and they don't give a fuck and they harm people. But then there's people uh, like you or I have talked about these things where we ignorantly harm others. A community teaches us those things so we can then change those behaviors. And I think those are good things. Are there any other things you'd like to add to that? Uh, no, no, you actually raised some good points. It's, uh, it's always good not to live in an echo chamber and to hear other opinions. 
Um, and, but I think that it, that's what probably one of the things that makes being in a community so tough is that you have to be open to that. And some of the things that some people say are very hard to take. Some of the things that people want to do or how changes that they want to make uh, may not be so great. And being being in an echo chamber and being around people who feel and think the same as we do, is it's hardwired into us. It's an evolutionary trait. Apologies to anybody who's listening who thinks I'm using the wrong terms, but I'm fairly certain that that's true, that it is an, an evolutionary trait to want to align yourself and, and have reflected back at you the same beliefs because that sense of again community is uh it's a wonderful feeling and it, it has it's one of the things that has allowed us as human beings to survive for for this long so it's almost going against the grain to force yourself to be in a community in which you accept the dissenting opinions of others absolutely absolutely agree with you oh man great topic this this is actually this is actually getting better than i thought it would <laughs> <laughs> I was going to rant because it's true. I'm I'm so it like hurts. It hurts when I hear people so frustrated and they're willing to literally throw away years of amazing things because they feel that they have to defend their opinion of whatever integrity of a community they believe in. And uh, like, I'm completely, I read tons of blogs. I watch all these bloggers and try to get my head around all the fights in the LGBTQ, you know, I just call it extra. I never know the extra letters. Um, but it's like now gays are fighting against gays. Trans are fighting against trans, you know, because everyone's trying to say, this is right. That's right. You have to do this. This is right. And it's just like, I, I think we've just completely lost sight of our personal missions to be happier, better people. And we're so obsessed with doing it this way or that way that we're just cannibalizing ourselves and we're missing out on the potential for better growth and better quote unquote community. Yeah. And it kind of, it just makes me sad. I just like, what if we just dismantle the whole idea of community and just like you said, we're just a group of islands. Oh, that was good. I like that, Kathy. <laughs> I like that. Good job. Good uh, job. Good job, you boogie. No, you good job, you, Kathy. Back. No. That's right. I, I want to rub your back. Can I just <laughs> oh my God. give Always. a little circles? That's you know, just, where it goes. What, I mean, what if it's just a massage from behind? You know what? You're no longer a member of my community. <laughs> <laughs> Potato mayhem, if there's not blood, it's not good enough. You had some Kingster's Paradise of your own. Yes, I attended my Michelle's Femdom Kinky birthday party. Oh my the God. girl had a birthday. She had a birthday. I she just, birthday. It, and you know, she, she, she does a good party. She's been throwing parties for many, many, many years. So she's very good at it. But this time her, uh, submissive, I'm going to say a submissive it's boyfriend slash submissive. Right. Uh, he threw the party for her, and he oh, went that's all. Nice. Oh, yeah, it was that, just well. Covered. He's always been a good guy to her, yes. to her, and yeah, yeah, she's been with him a long time. And very true, and it's a really great relationship. And he he just had a bunch of 
pink mylar balloons and the, a cake in the shape of a corseted woman's bust. <laughs> I mean, it, it was just amazing. It was very well done in a somewhat disreputable part of downtown Los Angeles. Let me tell uh. you, my friend, my friend and I show up, we're like, mm, run to the door and let's get inside as fast as we can. <laughs> Mace and tasers and steel-toed boots with knives coming out of the tips. You're like, Oh, okay. let me tell you, I had my taser with me, ready to go. Oh <laughs> Safety was off. It was in my purse. <laughs> I will zap some crackhead balls. I have no fear. <laughs> the latest just shows the lengths that I will go to to get back into kinky events because oh, dear God. as our listeners know you and I do not attend that piece of shit <laughs> fucking hole <laughs> called threshold and I'm not going to stop or edit you oh, uh, you can if you want but I have I have very very uh, little patience <laughs> these days for people or organizations who fuck me over I am ready to just take a knife to everybody <laughs> I have I have to control Yay! myself lately because the rage and the anger is really starting to get a little out of control. But I it is a piece of shit place that I will never go back to after years of service to be thrown out like that and barred is just unfucking believable. So we don't go there anymore. And uh, here I am complaining when in Los Angeles, Boogie, there are a lot of kinky places to go to. And going to my Michelle's kinky birthday party reminded me. Uh, how much there is out there and why I need to stop fucking complaining and just get out because I had a really good time. I uh, didn't, didn't play, obviously, because it was more of a couples going together and it, it wasn't a full-on party like you normally would attend. But I had a great time and it was fabulous being surrounded by kinky people and I, I just had a wonderful time. That sounds good. So you saw some, uh, you saw some kink. Well, you know, the person who was supposed to fist my Michelle, unfortunately, couldn't make it. So she was disappointed. So a friend of, of mine and, and I, we, we thought, <laughs> hey, I mean, it's been a few years since I fisted a woman, but I'm game. Let's give it a try. And we were going to, but she was just surrounded by people. There was still, she still wanted to open presents and it was getting late. So I, I said, rain check, Michelle, I will fist you another time. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, dude, I would have grabbed those presents, knocked them the fuck off the table and said, fist things fist. First things first, we just oh get rid God. of the arm. And uh, this is your birthday fist. Well, she got a rain check. Um, you wouldn't be uh, willing to record that, would you? Record fisting? Yeah, yeah like I think she said she would get fisted on the show. I don't mind recording at all because, but I'm telling you, it's been a while. As long as, as long as there'd be a lot of editing you'd have to do, Boogie, because I'd have to go very, very slow. Kathy, what? I just want you to know. You're like I'll edit okay. anything. I, I will, <laughs> I will put in the time for our listeners. <laughs> for the I, listeners. I will put in the time if you're going to fist my Michelle and record <laughs> it. I, I love our listeners. I love. Perverted podcast listeners, fucking I love, love, love them. I, I give me the audio and let me work on it. I love how I've I've already said we're going to do this. My Michelle knows nothing about it. She's probably going to hear about someone going, "Hey, I heard on perverted podcast you're going to get pissed." She's going to be like, "What? 
Well, she did. No, we did talk about this. I think we even talked about it on the show. She's had a featured orgasm on the show, as have right. you. And right. so she, it's not something out of the, I mean, okay, get, I'll give you this. Maybe it's been a long time and, and she's going to want it to be a little more personal and whatever. We accept that, sort of, and that's okay. But uh, right. be goddamned if, if I shouldn't have you throw down a phone and record that. <laughs> I'll just put the mic right up to her pussy and go. That's, All right. <laughs> can you put a phone next to her pussy and then another <laughs> phone next to her face? And then I, once again, for the perverted podcast listeners, uh-huh. <laughs> will meld the two together to make uh, one. Just start it with a one, two, three, and then I can match up the audio for both recordings. You sacrifice so much, Boogie, for the listeners. Fucking giver. A fucking <laughs> giver that I am. Because she comes great. She When oh, she yeah. lets go, she just fucking crazed woman. God, I miss kink. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm in Texas now. I reached out. I There is a group out here, and I reached out, and they got back to me. And I'm going to a munch in a week. Nice. And I'm so very happy I'm being, to hear that. I'm going to be vetted, and they have parties, and so I'm busting mine, but you know, there's no my Michelle fisting going on yet. Right. Sexy with a scalpel. Half girl cuts up body pots. If you choose to fuck with her, it might not be that smart. Path girl. Path girl. Rocking hot path girl. Well... Path girl, <laughs> howdy there, Booger. How you doing? Well, goddamn, we're down here with. Well, there's actually no cotton being grown. The the drought. It's not even cotton seeds. There's grain. It's so lame. It's like two feet tall. They can't even grow corn. <laughs> At least the cotton was like you know when it blooms, it's like big. And, uh-huh. But there's lots of. I saw um yesterday there was a dead pig on the side of the road Aww. and like 300 oh fuck those things dude they rip up everything <laughs> out here those fucking feral hogs i swear to god and what's worse about feral hogs is they uh-huh. don't actually make the greatest bacon yeah so it's like a total waste like they just destroy everything and then you can't even get good bacon out of them so what kind of shit is that buzzards there was 300 buzzards this is this is what i'm talking about now you wait I'm, wait as a, as a funny side note you want to hear a funny side note about wild hogs yes i do okay so my previous living uh poly partner when i caught him cheating the woman he was cheating with her job was to go on she was a, a feral hog catcher she actually went by the name Hog Girl. I shit you not. She would be the yes. She would be the girl that would go on your property, and if you had feral hogs, she would hunt them down and shoot them for you and remove them from your property. And that's what I got left for. You got left for a hog trapper. I've been watching all them hog, hog trapping videos where they like put it. Why are we talking about feral hog trapping? <laughs> well, because you done set a trap. Yes. You done set a man trap and you caught yourself a hog and now you're riding that hog. (laughs) Yes, I'm definitely riding that hog and I'm absolutely squealing with joy. (laughs) Well, God damn it. Get her done. 
How often do you find a hog that does good anal? <laughs> Not very often. <laughs> Not often. As long as he doesn't have one of them weird prehensile curly Q dicks. I mean, uh, if that's your jam, that's your jam. I'm not here to judge, but no. I'm just going to say. No, Donis has got a very nice dick, and it's actually pierced, too, so that's fun. <laughs> he has a. Wait, wait, wait. We have a name for this person now? Yeah, he, he goes by Fet Life. Uh, he goes by Donis. So Donis is okay to say. Donis is okay to say. I have full permission, yes. So, okay, I got to talk shit because that's what I do. <laughs> is that just short for Adonis? You know, I think it's actually like a baseball reference. Like, I think there were like Don Ness cards when we were growing up. But, yeah, I, I, no. I think, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in a sense, I couldn't talk shit because if you call yourself Adonis, then it's like you're sucking your own dick. But if you're like, yeah. hey, I'm Donis. You know, maybe I'm not as hot as an Adonis, but I'm still mm. pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's a more humble approach. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I'm not going to talk as much shit. Plus, he's giving you the fucking D, and he'll allow oh, yeah. us to make hog jokes about him, so he can't be that bad. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. So, so, any uh, play? Have you guys have you guys started playing yet? I know you still you're still playing with Doc, but. Yeah, no, we haven't started playing yet because we were uh, we had gone over to Doc and Cat's house one night, and he was supposed to get a little tutorial about like how to do some certain things. And even though we had a great dinner, it's just like the vibe wasn't right, so we decided not to play that night. So, okay. um, but yeah, I mean, we he's come with me. He actually went with me when last we talked. Uh, I was taking him to our local dungeon that night, so you actually got to see me do a scene with Doc. And right. he was, you know, he was kind of, I was a little awkward at first because he had never seen a BDSC, BDSM scene done. Right. So, but afterwards I kind of checked in with him like, that was awesome. It was really great. And he's anxious to learn some more stuff. Okay. So, so it, so it didn't hit him funny because yeah, that, no. that, there's a surely, I mean, it would me, you know, so uh, <laughs> I can't, I can't, uh, I can't diss anyone that that would be an awkward moment uh, for seeing that. But that's, that's yeah. real cool that he was okay with that and that he's. Mm-hmm eager to learn some stuff himself that's great there's a lot yeah. of great potential here yes definitely definitely and so. he gives you anal oh yes very good anal <laughs> oh look at that go donis two points for donis ding two ding. point conversion <laughs> good job hog good job giving there the hog <laughs> so if you're not donis Mm-hmm. And you're not a good trapped hog that gives the good anal, and maybe you're a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of parties are opening up now. Yeah. And that was what uh, we're going to talk about in this episode. Yes. We're going to talk about getting back into parties and getting over, kind because of, I'm talking to a lot of people that are like, yeah, I'm going to go to a party. How... I have to remember, like, all the basics. Yes, COVID has really screwed a lot of people's minds, and they've gotten used to being homebound or building social interactions over email and and Zoom calls and stuff. And now it's like people are going out back in live person. They're like, I have to talk with people. Holy crap, how do I do this again? (laughs) (laughs) And, And it's even worse if you weren't somebody that was very gregarious and good socially in the first place, because then it's like, and even if this is now your first time going into this mm-hmm. kind of environment. That's an exciting time. And, yes. you know, we want to celebrate that and encourage that, but also acknowledge that that could be a little overwhelming uh, and has led to some really dumb mistakes yeah, that fun. wind you up in your whatever small community you're trying to get into kind of not having it work out for you. And we want to avoid that. 
Yes. Because there there is definitely a road you can take socially that's going to have a better result than just coming in and asking people if you could finger their asshole. <laughs> There's a little bit of a game to play, and we're yes. going to teach you some game today. Yes. So why don't you go ahead and start some of uh, how you approach or the things that you appreciate that other people, when they approach you, uh, yeah. give you at these events. This has actually been coming up a lot with me over the last year where there's been a lot of new people, whether they're just realizing they're kinky or sitting at home in COVID and realizing life's too short. Let me go out and live my life and coming out and saying, okay, I'm kinky and I need to get out there. The number one thing I would say is when you look on FetLife under events and you finally get the courage up to go say, okay, I'm going to go to this munch or this slosh. Reach out to your event organizer. Let them know you're new. Say, hi, I'm a little nervous about coming. You know, can you point me out to some people to talk to or at least get to familiar with that person and meet that person at the Muncher Slosh or whatever event you're going to? They can introduce you around. You know, they're the ones usually hosting the party and they can go, hi, this is Path Girl. She's new. Sure, this sure. is This is Boogie. This is Kathy. They can talk to you. Um, also, a lot of events have uh, FetLife page or discussion groups to get to know people. Or even like after an event, they'll have like a who you were at the party kind of thing. You can kind of skim through those pages and see who's been going around and kind of get the feel for the group of whether they're a really boisterous group or whether they're a quiet group. Um, you can even use that as a jumping off for a, a point for an event like, wow, the last slosh seemed to have a lot of people. It was busy last time, huh? Be a great jumping off point for conversation. Absolutely. I just actually did that myself. Because I'm now in Texas, I'm by Corpus Christi, and so I'm looking, and there's not a lot of events, Uh but there are some, and they have some munches, and then surprisingly, even in the city that I'm living in, which is cotton fields and cows and things like that, um, about a half hour outside of Corpus, uh, they actually have had some parties, you know, maybe with like 20, you know, I don't know, 15, 20 people. Uh I, I didn't really see, but I saw quite a few people were signed up to it and it looked like a real good group of people. Uh So I had just missed that when I came out here by a day and they said, definitely, we want to vet you before you come in to the party, which we're going to talk pretty extensively about because understanding that nobody owes you a party is a really good approach Yes. when you come in. If you are coming into somebody else's thing that they have worked on, set up, built all their social relationships, and especially if they've gotten to the level where they're having parties and stuff, you are now wanting to enter their established domain. Right. So you have to understand that you are coming in and have to have something to offer. It's not a just a freeloader come in and take thing. Exactly. You know, that's what uh, kind of like your little culture society is, is that there's an interaction and you can do this and I can do this. And together, you know, it becomes bigger and more diverse and more fun. But you have to understand there's something in it for everyone. And when you're coming in, it's understanding. So I reached out to the leader i found the leader of the event she seemed like real cool i read her profile you know see what's things and of course she she had some very stern ideas about not wanting to deal with a bunch of stupid dick pics and petty bullshit and which was fine because i that i i'm not interested in being a douche so i literally just emailed I didn't say anything sexual. I just said, hey, I'm new in this area. I came from L.A. I gave like very brief about myself that I've been in the lifestyle and I put on a lot of events and, and things like that. And and uh, 
And what is the vetting process? And is there a munch I can go to? And I would be super appreciative if she had any information for me. So once again, didn't talk about sex, didn't say, hey, am I going to get laid? Because I remember that shit at Threshold. Guys roll in fresh off the street and they're like, I'm here to fucking fuck, man. Like we just have people at the door ready to accommodate random douchebag, you know. So I came in respectfully and sure enough, two days later, um, she responded, hey, you know, I checked your profile. You seem real cool. That's great. Well, yeah, we have a munch. And it's this date and this date. And we do want to meet people before we invite them to any of our parties. So you're welcome to come out. And, and I look forward to meeting you. And that's kind of your first step in. Now, some parties are just set up and they're more established. And it's like coming to the party. But it's still kind of the same approach where you come in with that philosophy. What do I have to offer this place? Right. So before I go further in that, I just wanted to see if you wanted to jump in. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like have a little bit of humility when you're going to these places. I mean, you, like you said, don't just run in and jump off the bat and talk about kink. You know, see somebody that has an interesting T-shirt and go, oh, cool. You watch Stranger Things. You watch a finale. Just try to make a connection first. And then as you're talking to somebody, then you can kind of squeak into the, oh, so how do you identify? Are you a top or a bottom and things like that? You don't have to just jump into the kink right away. Absolutely. I mean, and that goes into conversations and, and I'm going to focus on the awkward people because I'm very awkward. I took, I had to take a lot of years to learn how to be this. I'm gregarious on this show. And I can talk and be animated and say stupid things and whatever. But socially, I still have a lot of anxiety. I have a lot of fears. I have left many an event that I was unfamiliar or felt overwhelmed. I have left a lot of things very early in the evening because I'm like, I just don't fit here. I don't feel blah, 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 and fucking left. Threshold was a little different for me because I lived in the facility. I rented a room. And so... When I got overwhelmed, I had the freedom to kind of just go (laughs) to my place and whatever. But if you don't have that, if you do have awkward feelings, it is like you said, you have to learn how to kind of talk to people. And one of the best things, and we haven't talked about this on the show in a while, one of the best things which I do almost at every new place I go into, there are certain things if you are not good If you don't have the gift of gab and you don't fluidly just interview people and sweep them all off your feet and have them love you, there are ways to get in socially without having those skills. And that is volunteerism. Yes. That is almost every event you're going to go to has people that have to set up, tear down, clean, fill out name tags, get party supplies, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do that don't require you to really talk right away. Right. And it gives you the ability to kind of get the lay of the land and get your feet comfortable, even just being helpful. And people do notice that. That is, I have met play partners. I have met people that over time of do- Kathy is a perfect fucking example. Kathy, you know, the co-host of Perverted Podcast. I met Kathy volunteering next to her side by side. And as we got to know each other while we were doing whatever event or thing like that, 
we talked more and more like, oh, what are you doing here? Because, you know, stacking chairs and, you know, rolling fucking slices of ham and shit is kind of mindless. And if you're doing it with a group of people, you're just going to start going, oh, well, what brought you here? Because you're all kind of on the same playing field. Right. You're being of service together. And that kind of is very disarming because obviously if you're rolling ham or setting up fucking chairs, you're not acting like, you know, you own the place. So people, it, it kind of gives them more of a comfortable feeling with you that they can talk. And that's a great way to start getting in. And I've had places where I've just kind of helped out, you know, probably for surely a threshold, probably a month or two. And then people started kind of feeling very comfortable. And of course, they were appreciative of that. So they want you to stay and keep setting up chairs and shit. So they start asking you questions. Yeah, I mean, it's even if even if you're not going to jump into the volunteer group, you can even just make the mindset of I'm going to talk to one person. And that's a very easy goal to set and achieve where it's just like you walk in, you take that deep breath and hey, I'm Path Girl. Oh, you're Boogie. Nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And then after our conversation ends, it could be like, you know what? I came. I talked to one person. There's my accomplishment. Now, next event, I could talk to two people or maybe I feel comfortable enough that I've met enough people that I want to jump into volunteering or I want to jump into other things where I'm going to get to know more people. So you're saying set like a small goal for yourself. Yes, yes. Uh, Talking to one person at a kinky event is a very easy goal, even if it's the person at the front door where it's like, hi, my name's Path Girl. Here's my vaccine card. And you know what? You talk to one person. And then, wow, that was easy. Okay, maybe I could talk to another person. You know, don't set a goal of like, I'm going to talk to everybody. And then it's like, well, I didn't talk to everybody in the room, so I must be a failure kind of thing, you know? Right. Something else that's really important to understand when you go into this situation is other people have their social awkwardness, too. And some people aren't there to talk to people. Uh Nobody owes me a conversation when I go in. And that's really important for somebody, especially if you're awkward and you don't have a lot of good social cues. Sometimes you're like, well, I got to talk to someone. And then you just go and and I've seen it. You know, and you see one person that's just like, blah, 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 blah. And then one person literally looking like they want to crawl out of their own skin and fucking die. And they're looking for a savior to come up and be like, hey, I need you over. Which I've done multiple times in my dungeon experience. (laughs) I don't know if they've done it to me, but maybe they have. Um, But it's also, it's just understanding that keep those conversations brief and then look for those signs If they're engaging back, don't just talk about yourself. Yes. Ask questions. Hi, you know, and there's, you can go online and and find hundreds of icebreaker questions. Hey, do you like anime? You know, if you're into anime, you know, are you a Star Wars or Star Trek? And then if they say, I don't fucking like either. I hate both of those. You're all, okay, do, do you like cats? And if you... If you get really short responses from people, they don't want to fucking talk to you. Yeah. If they're like, nah, nah, I don't know, sort of, that means get the fuck away from me. I'm not interested in talking to anybody, and nobody owes you that conversation. Yeah, actually, me uh, something that's really helped for that for me ever since I started going out back out into this into the uh, the lifestyle like three four years ago. I have a bunch of tea turtle T shirts. They're all geeky and gothy kind of things, and some of them are like Star Trek or like cats and things like that. At least once or twice in an event, somebody comes up and goes, "Oh, that's a really cool T shirt," and I'm like, "Oh, great, thanks." Hey, I'm Path Girl, by the way. Nice to meet you. 
Right. It's just where where's something that may draw a little bit of attention to you that you feel comfortable in, like a, a baseball jersey or, you know, a metal band shirt or something that's going to be like, oh, cool, you're wearing an Iron Maiden shirt. What do you think of the last album? Ta-da, there's an instant conversation starter. Right. So what you're saying is my uh, T-shirt that has a big kitten face on it and over the top it says hug dealer. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then I stand there and I look kind of fat and creepy and I just look at people like, <laughs> you're well, saying probably not a best shirt to wear at a first well, event. There, there are some people that wear hug dealer shirts and they may walk up and say, hi, can I consensually hug you? If you say the word consensually hug me, I have the right to say yes or no. So yeah, if, I'm yeah. going to say, <laughs> look, I, I, I know you're trying to be flexible. Yeah. Don't wear a fucking hug dealer t-shirt <laughs> if you're someone like me. If you're a creepy looking guy, don't walk in and start trying to make physical contact with people. Yeah. Yeah. Don't touch people is is another very important thing because a lot of people don't. They're like, oh, I come from a culture where everyone touches each other. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't want people touching me. Yes. I don't care. Man or woman. I have women come up and they start like, oh, hi, you know, and they're rubbing your shoulder and shit. And it's like uh-huh. fucking I don't like that. Ask me to touch me. And yes. and that is a great way. Also, don't smell when you go oh, to yes, this. Please. Wash yourself. Brush your teeth. Do your laundry. And do not bathe in fucking perfume or cologne. Because you will chase everyone out of the room. It is literally one of my biggest peeves in the world. And people hate it. And they talk. And it's just like, because people do that. They're like, oh, I mean, and it's okay. You came from work. We understand. Maybe you're a little sweaty. You're nervous about that. Cologne does not take away body odor. Yeah. And now you just smell like a fucking perfumey armpit. Wear light cologne because I've seen literally rooms clear out because guys uh, for whatever fucking and women do it too. That yeah. literally just bathe. I could do a whole show on how horrible it is. The idea is that you want people in your immediate space to go, what's that smell? Oh, and maybe that draws them closer. Right. If you can be smelled 50 feet away, nobody needs to get close to you. So that's something to always understand. Sorry, that's a whole other peeve. I just yeah. wanted to get into. I'm gonna well, and even go- even going back to what you said about like you know people touching you and stuff like that. The event organizers are there to provide a nice, happy, safe environment. So if you're getting a creepy vibe from somebody or somebody's insisting on, oh, can I give you a hug? And like you see them going around, and you may want to co- pop over to the event organizer and go, hey, could you talk to this person about you know consent and personal space and all that stuff? We've we've had it a couple of times where unfortunately. One of our sloshes, there was a guy that was following women out to their cars. And it's like, dude, Ooh. that's a no-go. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, socially awkward. It doesn't mean you're necessarily a bad person. It doesn't Correct. mean you you don't have good intentions. It just means you have to be aware of the fact that other people don't owe you physical contact. Mm-hmm. They don't owe you attention. I feel when I go into a place that it is my job to earn my place. I've always felt that. You can call that positive or negative. But everywhere I go, I ask, what am I bringing to this event? Am I bringing a good attitude? Am I being a volunteer? Am I being helpful? Am am I being you know myself welcoming to people who are new because when you talk you're like never assume that people are new or old even if they're young that's another note that i have written down so you when you meet somebody even if they're 22 years old they could be in the lifestyle four years longer than you 
So never assume. But if you talk to people and they're all, yeah, I'm kind of new, you know, that's an opportunity to find a bond with that person, to encourage that person, to ask them, have you been on FetLife? What groups are you on FetLife? There are so many positive, simple things that you can say when you go to an event that can really add to where people who are in leadership or the people that are regulars at the party will go, hey, this is a good person that we want to be around. And I'm not saying that you can't fuck someone's brains out on the fucking main room floor the first night. That does sometimes happen, depending on, especially depending on the type of party and the format of the party. True. true. I've had instances where I've walked into a party and been fingering someone and fucking doing shit within an hour. Uh It can happen. But the majority of the time, your best bet is to let people get to know you a little bit and allow those things to kind of build. If you play a little bit that night, that's wonderful. But your main thing is to establish your value to that new group to let them know that you are going to be a positive contributing member of that group. Bath girl, best of luck to you in getting all that good D from the Donis. Have fun down in Texas. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oink, oink, head, labor, podcast, baby, piggy show sponsor. Kathy, dear Kathy. Boogie, dear Boogie. We have a topic that is actually kind of a little awkward to discuss. <laughs> I didn't know how to approach this topic. Uh-huh. But but we're going to approach it because I think it's so important and, and it's... Uh, about an individual who has been literally a part, a major part of perverted podcast folklore for a very long time. And that, of course, is our glorious show sponsor, Headley, who we love and and adore. Many of you know him as the tea-serving Mad Hatter that, uh, oh, God, I just... I love it. And then there's a little Victorian pattern. And I fucking love Headley so much. Um, And Kathy Headley has been our show sponsor for a long time, which means that he has financially supported us. Obviously, we have patron subscribers and people that, you know, put in their five bucks a month if they give a fuck and and take care of the show. But Headley has actually gone way above and beyond that for a very long time. And given us uh, a significant amount of money each show uh, and has been the sponsor of Perverted Podcast, I think, for almost two years total. Uh, An amazingly generous thing. It has paid a lot of bills that I just wouldn't have been able to pay. And uh, and it has been wonderful. He's never and we call him a sponsor because I feel guilt taking people's money um, he's never actually sold. Usually sponsors sell something or, you know, have some sort of thing. He's just like, I just love the show and believe what you guys do, believe in what you guys do. And I just want to support you. And so I'm like, then you're the show sponsor. And and thus the, the sponsor of Headley has been born. Now we're at a point. I actually, Kathy, haven't spoken with Headley in a while. Uh, we have he is he kind of 
I, you know, made some changes in his life or something happened. I don't think he's dead. I hope he's not dead. Um, he's still technically on the, the patron page, so I think he's still active. But we actually haven't had communication with Headley in a couple months. And so I just keep having him be the sponsor because I'm like, dude, you've you've paid so much. You're, you're just like, you know, sponsor honorarium, you know. Right. For, for life, but it is at the point I've sent a number of emails and asking if he's okay and, and stuff like that. And so I surely do. We really do love this guy. He's He's been an amazing person and he's fun and amazing on the show. But I think we are at the time where um, we do need that support. And so I want to open this up to other people to sponsor Perverted Podcast. And and so I didn't know how to do that, so I figured we would just talk about it. Yes, you're right. It is awkward because we don't know what happened to him. And while we certainly hope that everything is okay, life life gets in the way. That's sure, the, that's what life does. And and you know, we he has been a huge part of the show, and um, n- nobody wants to think that that something terrible has happened. But maybe he's just gone on to do other things. The bottom line is that we have appreciated him, that he will always have a home here. Whether he sponsors us or not is not the point. And and we just wish him the best. And we, we sincerely, if I were not an atheist, I'd say my prayers are with him. I hope that he's okay. <laughs> but my agree thoughts, with you on that. <laughs> yeah. My thoughts are with him. And I hope if anybody out there does know him, we would just like to know that he's okay and if he needs any help because he's he's always been there for us. So that being said, I think we should just call him our show sponsor emeritus. He will, in yeah. my heart, always be the show sponsor, whether he gives money or not. So that's great. But yes, you're absolutely right. I, unlike you, have absolutely no problem telling asking people... Or just saying, <laughs> if you want to support the show because it brings value into your life, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, this is a, everybody is, is independent and does their own thing. And if you feel that you want to dig into your wallet and give us $5 a month, it helps us tremendously. And we always appreciate it. We love our Patreon supporters and we give them even though this maybe can't really be considered such a great thing. We do give them a no-show every month. We do record a show specifically for them in which you and I just ramble on about anything. And uh, if we could do more, we really could. We really would. But I don't, you know, at this point, we're not, Pervert Podcast is not a place where we can give our, our listeners much more than that. But believe me, if we could, we absolutely would. Absolutely. So I think at the end of the show, I'm like, well, what do we do? How do we how do we have a Headley? So, you know, obviously Headley is the sponsor of this show. And what is the word you just used? Sponsor emeritus? <laughs> emeritus, yeah. <laughs> the fuck does that even mean? That means like ongoing forever it's, it folklore. Means that you re- it means you, you retain the title even though you're no longer doing that job. Oh, he would probably know that word. He would say, oh, Catherine, that is a wonderful word. <laughs> Let me come and give you some tea. Oh, I'm just going to play a bunch of Headley jingles at the end of the show, like a fireworks finale of Headleyisms. <laughs> so I, but I did want to address it. I didn't, I wanted to specifically, I believe, I'm sorry if this is rambly to some people. This guy really loved our show. 
and has really, really been there for us for a very long time. And you're all there for us and you listen. And whether you give money or don't give money, you know, this is our mission. This is what we do to hopefully create something good in the world. And Headley has been a very big part of that. And we love you, Headley. And thank you so much for all of your support. Uh, and moving forward, uh, let's just keep doing it. And now yeah. let's officially end the show. Yay! That's the end of show 358. Please don't forget to visit us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. Consider becoming a supporter of the show by contributing just five bucks a month if you give a fuck. Don't forget that you can always talk to Boogie and I by emailing us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. I really have enjoyed the uptick in messages that you guys have been sending. You've been sending some requests for some fucking advice or just telling us how things are going. I love hearing from you guys and it's just wonderful to see it starting up again. I, I'm really enjoying being back on the show. So you can send us a, an email at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on our perverted podcast FetLife profile that is uh, entitled Perverted Podcast of all things. Yes, Kathy, it has been an exceptional show. Thank you so much to Path Girl for jumping in. And of course, thank you to Headley, our glorious show sponsor emeritus for forever <laughs> and ever. I'm just going to follow you on how great it is to get the emails from our listeners and to see what's going on in their lives and follow-ups to things that we've talked about. It really, really, really drives me. And on that note, this has been a wonderful show. I am in Texas. Kathy is going to fist my Michelle. <laughs> we will see you guys on the next show. And here is our finale fireworks show for Headley. I say this show is sponsored by Headley, Headley. This show is sponsored by Headley. This show is sponsored by Headley, the mystery man, supporting perverted podcast. Headley provides the fire as the PP show sponsor that lights this kinky world up in flames. Headley. Kinky, so kinky, because he gives, we can fly. I'm a cross-dressing damsel in distress. Get me out of this rope before it fucks up my dress. I wiggle and I cry to get out of here. But but I look kind of hot as I stare in the mirror. Oh, I look so good. So very sexy. So terribly pretty. I totally fuck me. We rock your kinky world, cause Headley likes to party. He sponsors our shenanigans. Fuck yeah, bro, he's the bomb. With fire in his eyes and his weenie in a cage, Headley sponsors us so we can titillate your brains. There's a little cup of tea that Headley pours for Kathy and me, and we adore. We adore. Is our Trojan horse that sneaks up deep into your mind. He sponsors this show. Your own personal Headley. 
someone to sponsor the show, helping us grow. And jobs for Headley. The world is a tight ass that needs some training. Headley helps us do it without ever complaining. Plug, plug. Headley sponsors us so we can stretch the anal minds of humans. Plug, plug. Headley sponsors the perverted podcast anal butt plug. This show is sponsored by Headley. Headley, just like a condom, he covers our motherfucking show with love.